Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. your questions about me i've gotten so many of y'all talking to me saying you need to tell your story you need to answer questions you need to introduce yourself so let me introduce myself my name is caroline hobby i am 36 years old i am from texas i grew up with a great family my dad's a dentist my mom taught philosophy at baylor university I have an older sister named katherine and she is married to an amazing guy named Willie. They have a little girl named Genevieve who's nine. I have interviewed Willie, Catherine, and Genevieve all on my podcast. So go check out the Powers family, Catherine Powers, Willie Powers, and Genevieve Powers. Um, and I grew up in a really great family. My family taught me great morals and commitment and loved each other, supported each other. And it was great. Um, I then moved to Nashville. I'm not to say I didn't have my own personal struggles or whatever along the way, but as far as having a loving family, I was very blessed. Um, then I went to Belmont University in Nashville. I moved to Nashville to be a country music singer. And I ended up forming a trio with Jennifer Wayne and Taylor Lynn. Jennifer Wayne is now in Runaway June, and they're kicking butt, doing so great. And Taylor is, she, her grandmother's Loretta Lynn, and Jen's grandfather's John Wayne. Um, Taylor now is in a duo with Conway Twitty's son, and um, she and Conway Twitty's son do a duet, and they travel all over the country pre-COVID, um, covering Loretta and Twitty, Conway Twitty songs, which is amazing. So we were in this band, Stealing Angels, for about seven years, 
traveled all over the country, opened for everybody, um, did a USO tour, went to Iraq. It was amazing. It was such an amazing experience. And I feel like that is really what honed my skills, I guess to say, of interviewing because in that trio, we were doing interview after interview after interview after interview and you're entertaining people. And I just started to realize good questions, what was engaging, what I wanted to know when I felt like I was asked good, bad questions. And like, I just started to realize the art of interviewing and getting stories out. And I really loved having, telling stories and um, getting like interesting things out of people. And I learned that from being in a band. Also, after my band Stealing Angels fell apart, Jen and I went on The Amazing Race. And that's on CBS and it's a race around the world. Obviously, that's not happening now with COVID. But Jen and I did it two times. We did season 22, so go watch it. Um, we were the country singers. We were both single and freaking boy crazy. <laughs> Gosh, oh my God. Um, so we did Amazing Race season 22. And we got fourth place, which was really awesome. So we made it to the season finale. And then we got asked back to do All-Stars, and we got second place. We almost won the whole freaking thing on our All-Stars. That was season 24. And All-Stars is like where they ask like the favorite teams to come back and all compete on one season. So it was so much fun. Seeing the world opened my eyes so much. It made me realize that we are all so similar and people have so much of the same desires, which I feel like is just to provide for their families, to have a happy life, to live in community and to love and be loved. And I got just got to see so many different cultures living beautiful lives and seeing how everyone lives so differently, but yet we all are so much the same. So it was just an incredible opportunity to travel the world and to do it with Jen. We had so much fun. We were so supportive of each other. We never tore each other down. A lot of teams on The Amazing Race will self-destruct because it's so stressful. Like you are doing the most stressful things. Like one time Jen had to jump into like a muddy river and swim laps to grab a clue and like in a wetsuit in the freezing cold. It's just crazy. You're driving all over countries that you can't speak the language, you're on the opposite side of the road driving stick shift. I could barely drive a stick shift. Like one time I forgot to turn off the parking brake in the middle of the highway and like our car started fuming. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to blow this up on accident. Um, and it's just high pressure because every time you're on airplane, like as soon as it lands, you have to have your backpack on, be ready to dart out because you got to get the first cab and try to get to the next place first to beat all the other teams because every second counts. So I mean, it is adrenaline, adrenaline, adrenaline. And it is so easy to self-destruct. But Jen and I stayed so positive, And we just decided to assume the best in each other and to work as a team always and to know that we are always trying our best. So don't tear each other apart. And we did, we did that. We did that the whole time. And I have to say that's probably one of my greatest accomplishments is how great Jen and I worked as a team and loved each other and had fun and didn't yell and scream and tear each other down. So that was amazing. Um, and then after Amazing Race, um, I came back to Nashville. I'd moved to Texas for a brief stint because I met my husband in between all of this. Like before Amazing Race, I had started dating Michael Hobby, who's in the band A Thousand Horses. We dated for four years, and then we broke up. We called our halftime show. And I moved to Texas to be with my family, um, and that's when Amazing Race happened. And then after I finished doing the Amazing Race, I moved back to Nashville to work at a record label. I was a record 
um, so I went from singing to doing The Amazing Race. And while I was in Austin, I was teaching music to kids in this little school called Music Together. It's so sweet. Um, just trying to figure out my life. Lost. I've had many seasons of feeling super lost. So for all of you guys who feel like you have gone through phases or you're feeling lost, know that I'm right there with you. My life has been waves. It's been highs and lows and feeling totally lost in between. But looking back now, all those seasons are so important. And I'm so grateful for all of them. So after Amazing Race, I moved back back to Nashville. And I started working at a record label. Um, I started doing promotion, which is where you promote an artist to radio. You take an artist around and they have a single they're pushing to radio. And you take them to all the radio stations. And Jen and I did that together, promoting Natalie Soval to radio. She was an artist, which is so amazing because now... Natalie is in Jen's band, Runaway June. It's just crazy how full circle everything is. Like you have no idea how everything's working together when it's happening. And then you look back years later and you're like, dang, that's nuts that those relationships form so early on and in such different roles and then like it can circle back around. And to see Natalie now join Runaway June has been so cool because she's so talented and Jen's so talented and Naomi's so talented and they're all such great talented singers so y'all make sure to check out Runaway June they have a new song out there called We Are We Were Rich and it's amazing they're so talented um so Jen and I were working as promotion which that's another thing Jen wasn't in a band either at that time she was doing promotion with me and we were promoting Natalie Soval <laughs> and now Jen flash forward Jen is now in a band so it's just like you never know when you're going to end up a, a successful band um you never know what's going to lead to what. So uh, when I was doing promotion, I and I was also a song plugger, which was pitching songs. Like I had songwriters that worked for the company I worked for, and they would turn in songs to me, and I would listen, and I would decide who I thought should record that song, like which country artist. And then I would either pitch it to their manager, to the artist themselves, to the A&R person, which is the person who listens for music for artists. Um, any way I could to get that song to the artist to try to get that song recorded on that artist's album that I thought it would be a fit for. So I did that in between um, doing Stealing Angels, then The Amazing Race, then I worked at the record label promotion company, and I was a song plugger, and I started doing hosting jobs. Uh, Jen and I were like the dynamic duo. We would do hosting jobs together. We did this show called Sweet Tea that never aired, but it was so fun. Um, just kind of like highlighting the South. Um, and then we would do, we did like, uh, live hosting for the riverfront stage down in Nashville for artists that were playing, um, in the summertime. And I realized I loved hosting. I loved hosting. I had learned how to interview people and be interviewed and get engaging content. Now from the amazing race, like I learned like what they're looking for, for those short little clips on TV, like what makes an engaging quick interview, I just learned so much from doing that on The Amazing Race. And I was like, I love hosting. And I, I didn't even know that was a job. That's how like following your heart just leads you to your next step. Because when I moved to Nashville, I was 19 years old to be a country singer. I had no idea I was going to end up being a host and a podcast host. Like I didn't even know those things existed. But because I just followed my intuition and, and what was driving my um what was driving me and what was what was making me feel curious, I ended up just following that path. And so then I was like, you know what? I love hosting. And I um, had just heard about podcasts. My friend, Wynn Trippett, who I've also interviewed on Get Real, so go check her out. Her name is Wynn Elder now. 
was like, Caroline, you need to start a podcast. You know all these interesting, amazing people, and podcasts are about to be the biggest thing to hit the world. So you need to go ahead and get in early and start a podcast. And I was like, what the heck is a podcast? I have no idea what a podcast is, but okay, let me figure it out, and I'm going to start one. So I did. My first interview was Darius Rucker, and it was amazing. And it started rolling from there. And then flash forward um, a few years, I have been hosting for a TV show called Na- called Nashville Insider, and they like highlight all local country music news. It's been such a blessing and so much fun. I've interviewed incredible people on that show. Um, and uh, I recently, last year, partnered with Bobby Bones and his podcast network, um, Nashville Podcast Network is what it's called, and it's been awesome to be in the iHeart Bobby Bones family. And so that's really my story of how I've gotten to here. And in the meantime, I had Sunny um, last, year, last year in September. And for you guys who followed my story, Michael and I struggled with um, infertility. I, I don't know if it's infertility, but we um, could get pregnant, but I couldn't hold the baby. I had a miscarriage and a chemical pregnancy, and we tried for a year to get pregnant. And I was really depressed and in a dark place. And I thought all hope was lost, and we had just miscarried. And then right after that, we got pregnant with Sunny. And Sunny has been the light of our lives. She is a true joy, and I have loved being her mother more than anything. I post all the time about being her mom and motherhood and things I'm going through and tips I've learned and things that are helpful to me. And so that's a lot of my content these days because that's pretty much my life. <laughs> Um, I don't know if I finished the story. So after Michael and I broke up, we ended up, when I moved back to Nashville, we ended up reconnecting and we realized that we were each other's true love and we eloped four months after we got back, I got back to Nashville and we got back together. We eloped and in the Bahamas, got married and now we've been married almost seven years or is it six? I don't know. I'm already at that place where I can't remember how long we've been married. <laughs> we've been married forever. Um, and it's been great. And he's in a band called Thousand Horses. They just put out a new song called A Song to Remember. Go check it out everywhere on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to music. A Thousand Horses is a song to remember. It's so, so good. I mean, it is such a great song. And a Thousand Horses is toured with everyone from Jason Aldean to Kid Rock to Darius Rucker to Frankie Ballard to, um, gosh, everyone. They were supposed to go on tour with the Black Crows uh, a few times this year before COVID hit. And that all fell apart, which the Black Crows, um, cool, cool story, are Michael's cousins. They are his second cousins, and so he's grown up loving and idolizing them forever. So now that they're all in music and they're going to get to tour together, that was pretty special. But anyway, so that is a brief, brief, brief summary of who I am. And now I'm going to answer these questions that you ask okay and then just to sum it up too like that all sounds like bullet points and everything's been peachy keen and so happy go lucky I am a super emotional person I am a four on the Enneagram which is the individualist and so I oftentimes get lost in my feelings and I'm super um, emotional I swing from highs to lows all the times I feel everything I'm super super empathetic sometimes I feel so much it's overwhelming and I um so I've had a lot of mood dips. Like I have had super highs to super lows. And before I realized that life was a pendulum and that you're just constantly swinging, 
I would really lose myself in those lows. Like when things would fall apart, like when my bands would fall apart, or when, uh, when Amazing Race ended, or when Michael and I broke up, or when I just, I would just feel so lost. Like it would really take me down. The older I've gotten, the more I've lived through those highs and lows, I've realized that that's a part of life and it doesn't freak me out as much as it did before. Like it still sucks when you're going through the low swings, but I also know that it will swing up the other way. Like nothing lasts forever. And so I've learned that, and especially being in a creative lifestyle, your life is not really consistent. And so I've learned to just go with the flow. That's actually what my tattoo means. I have these three birds on a wire and one is sitting on the wire and that's the season of waiting when you don't know what in the hell is happening with your life, but you're waiting. And then the next one is the bird flying because like the waiting prepares you to fly. And so sometimes you wait, sometimes you're flying and soaring and sometimes you're coming down and it's just a cycle that continues. So don't ever get hung up on one of the phases. And that's just a constant reminder to me to <clears throat> realize that life is a flow. So don't, when you're in the high moment, enjoy it, but don't, don't freak, don't hang on so tight that you can't live when it isn't a high moment anymore because it's going to crash eventually. And that's part of the process. So <clears throat> here are some of your questions. Watching your episodes of Amazing Race, you should go into details of that. So it is so funny that my sister and my niece, Catherine and Genevieve, just started watching all my seasons of The Amazing Race. And so Jen and I have been talking on the phone and I was like, I'm going to start watching The Amazing Race again because I haven't seen it in like five years. So I started watching the all-star episode. Oh my gosh. Jen, like on episode two, Jen and I were about to get out because I had to assemble this very intense remote control car that like kids ride in, in China and I cannot assemble. And so I got assigned this task. I was full blown melting down and there's this thing called the express pass that if you get it, you get to use the pass and skip the challenge. And one of the teams, the Cowboys had won an express pass for themselves and they had won an express pass to give another team. So it was a very strategic thing who the Cowboys were going to give this express pass to. They needed to get rid of it because they don't want to, they didn't want to, it's an advantage for another team. And so it's a disadvantage for the Cowboys to have that. They want to get rid of it, but they need to get rid of it in a way that, doesn't put them in danger. So Jen worked it so hard and got the express pass and I got to like leave the challenge. Otherwise we might've gotten out. And I just was like, it was so fun watching back to just see how all these pieces fall into place because you have no idea what's going to happen. Like it's all these people navigating these intense challenges uh, finding locations, uh, working together in foreign countries. And I just, another one that we did, we were on a raft. We had to build a raft and whitewater raft down a river and then shoot this blowgun into the forest and knock down these fake birds. And I just, um, it's been such a blast to relive it because it's such a moment of time and a moment in our life. Babe, the dogs are barking and Sunny's sleeping. And I'm like, dogs, you do not wake up that baby. Uh, it was such a moment of time that, I'll just never get back. I'll never, I'll never do that again. And when you're in these moments, you think they're going to last forever, but then they don't. So it's been so fun to watch it back. Just the intensity and the adrenaline and how on you have to be all the time. Okay. Someone says, Polly Pick says, I love your show. What is your, what is your faith? And what would you have called Sunny if she were a boy? 
Thank you for listening to the show. I really just want to highlight honest women and have like honest talks. That's what the catch is. The catch line is because I know I am always looking for real talk and because I'm such an emotional person, I can swing to an emotional low and I want to know that I'm not alone. And I feel like everybody wants to know that. And so interviewing women in particular who have, who seem so successful and they are, but to, and so happy and so blessed, but to really dive into their story and realize it hasn't been perfect for anybody. Even the people that we put on a pedestal, like they have had moments of complete um, fear and being lost and doubting themselves and heartbreak and tragedy and terrible things. Like everyone has to go through their own journey. So that has been the point of this podcast. Really, it's just to heal myself to know that all these women I look up to also go through struggles too. But I think that's been the blessing for everyone is to realize we're all in this and no one has a no one has a flawless ride. Everyone has to deal with their own stuff and let's talk about it and be honest so then we all can like be empowered and support each other and realize like nobody's better than anybody. We're all just in this together. And that's been such a blessing to do this podcast. Um, what is my faith? That's a really good question. I believe in God 100%. I have a super active relationship with him um, or the higher being, whatever you want to call it. I believe that God is in every single thing in this life. I think that everything does happen for a reason, even the terrible things. Like right now in the world, I have no idea what's happening. It is overwhelming to me. All the pain and suffering and all of the tragedy and all of the kids that are hurt, abandoned, abused, lost, um, all of that like kills me. And I cannot come up with a reason for it. But I have to believe that God has some bigger plan and purpose for every part of this existence in life, like, and like with COVID and with like the fires in Australia and with, um, animals and children and families that starve and don't have access to clean water. And man, the list goes on and on and the pollution. And there's so many things that overwhelm me and I feel so big and I don't know how, and like the tornado that hit Nashville and the families that were displaced, like that all like really rocks me to my core. And I don't know how to deal with it and homelessness and addiction and oh <clears throat> it's just heavy I don't know how to handle it um so my faith is I have to believe that God has his hand in everything and that there is a purpose for everything and God I listen to the nudges that I have in my heart like I know when I feel pulled towards something and I feel called towards something and when I feel a path clearing for me to make a difference in, in my life, I follow that path because there's too much in the world that is heartbreaking and not one person can fix everything. This is a huge world we live in with a lot of stuff going on. So I, the way I can stay centered, stay faithful, stay connected without feeling so overwhelmed and depressed about the sadness in the world is to know I listen to my heart where the road clears for me to make a difference. That's how I can make a difference. And I just keep following that in everything I do, in my career choices, in my guests that I feature, in the way I contribute and give back to my community. I just follow the road that opens up for me and where I feel like I can impact. And I think if everybody did that, we can make a collective huge difference. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. My fertility journey. Well, when we were trying for a baby, um, originally I got, I was 34 and I got pregnant like pretty much the first time. And it was a chemical pregnancy, which means like you get pregnant and you're pregnant for like one week, but the embryo doesn't stick inside of you. And so it's, called a chemical pregnancy, it's an early miscarriage. So that was sad, it was hard, but it was also like, okay, um, I can get pregnant. And we tried and tried again for like six, seven more months and nothing. And I started getting super depressed because all I wanted was a baby. And I was like, this is not gonna happen for me. And now I'm like, I'm 35, like what if I never can have a baby? And we got pregnant again, <clears throat> like seven months after trying. And then a couple months into it, I lost the baby. And um, man, it was so devastating. And the crazy thing was, <laughs> like, when we were going through it, Michael, we were at a big award show party. I was dressed up. And um, I was like, miscarrying at this award show and like I didn't know what was happening and then all of a sudden I started miscarrying like I was in a black tie event and like age it's just like perception is not reality like you see a picture and everyone seems so happy and everything's so great and you never know what's going on behind the scenes and so I miscarried and it was devastating and I was deep 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 deeply depressed I guess I mean not like clinically depressed but I was in a deep season of depression and my gynecologist was like we need to give your body a break you're probably gonna have to have help to get pregnant you are probably gonna need to get um probably gonna have to like get into IVF and all that stuff and so I just kind of gave up on it I was like I'm worn out I'm exhausted this is so hard and to like lose a baby and 
like did not even feel not get not I was like I don't know if I'll ever be really excited if I did get pregnant because now I have this fear that I'm just gonna miscarry <clears throat> and so I just gave up on it and then I got pregnant like quickly after and I just thought there's no way but kept staying pregnant and I made it through like the first trimester and I was like oh my god like I've made it through the scary part like the scariest part because that's when you miscarry the most and um, I just had so much fear and anxiety the entire pregnancy. I stopped completely stopped working out. Like I did not do anything that was like involved heavy movements. Like I was so afraid. Like one time my dog jumped on me and I had a full blown panic attack that she had like killed the baby. And I mean, I just had so much anxiety. I loved being pregnant because it was such a blessing and a gift. But like the fear I had of losing Sunny was overwhelming. So. When she came into this world, it was just, oh my God, man, it was the greatest day of my whole life. And she has been the biggest blessing. And so I don't know every journey that women go through with struggling to get pregnant, but I definitely had my own journey that was really hard. So I relate and I am always in your corner. I believe that every woman who has a desire to become a mother will be a mother in one way or another, whether that's through adoption, whether that's through fostering, whether that's through um, IVF, whether that's through just being an amazing aunt or fostering lots of dogs or whatever it is, I believe every woman who has the mothering instinct will become a mom in some way. But I know how devastating that journey can be and how blessed blessed it can be but I I definitely know the devastation and I'm always feeling for you guys and in your corner because I have walked that walk too um, do I have a nanny I do not have a nanny I actually have no help at all or no babysitters really ever so I'm a full-time mom and I am completely 100% hands-on with Sunny um, I really record my podcasts I record them during her naps or like at 8 o'clock at night <laughs> And um, eventually, if COVID ever opens up, I would like to get a little help because it is very hard to wing wing it on when I can record a podcast um, because it's a guessing game. She doesn't have like set nap times and she doesn't nap the same amount of time every time. And I have to schedule these appointments, these uh, interviews with people. So it is very tricky. Um, but I love being a full-time mom. I am so OCD and obsessed with her that like I feel nervous if anyone's watching her but me and I want to be there all the time and that's just my personality. Um, so I don't have a nanny or help. Um, what is my biggest regret? Hmm, that's a really good question. My biggest regret. You know, I was so insecure in my 20s that I misinterpreted a lot of things. I didn't think I was worthy. I didn't think I was worth it. Just for my own reasons. I wish I would have had a little more confidence in my 20s and not have been so insecure. And I could have really seen the blessings I was living at those times. Instead of seeing just like my insecurities. But I think that's part of growing up. And... I learned a lot from it, so I don't regret it, but I wish I wouldn't have been so hard on myself and so, I don't know, felt so unworthy for so long, but I think it's maybe who I am, and 
So I don't regret it at all, but I just wish that I could have seen the truth of who I was at that time. Really, I don't know. I don't really have many regrets, which I'm grateful for, because I feel like I've lived and learned, and um, overall I feel pretty grateful for my life. I mean, I feel very grateful for my life. Um, all of your favorite products for a baby registry that you couldn't live without. Mm. Pack and play. Sunny is sleeping in her pack and play right now <laughs> because she we've been traveling so much she doesn't sleep in her crib. So pack and play. Um, let's see what else. I, the outlet. The outlet foot monitor. It's kind of pricey. I but I'm so OCD about her breathing. She is ten months old and I still put it on her foot every single night that she goes to sleep and it monitors her breathing and her heart rate and it gives me peace of mind. Some moms don't need it. For me, it is the only way I can go to sleep at night because I know that that alarm will go off if her breathing dips below a certain point and I can rest. Um, that is that that has been my number one. And then what else? My pump. I pumped forever, so I had a Spectra pump, which was great. Um, Dr. Brown's bottles. Um, uh, I, yeah, I mean, pretty much everything else is kind of you know, roll with it. Oh, a carrier. I have a Lily carrier that I wear her on that we love. That's amazing. How did you and Michael meet? We met at a bar. It was very, very romantic and classy, you know, drinking at a bar. Um, I was 24. He was actually, I met him in a studio. He was recording music with a producer that I was and he and his band were like all like 18, 19 years old. And I was probably like 22 and they were sliding up and down the studio halls in their tube socks. And I remember thinking, these guys are fun and wild. And they were so funny and great and talented. So I always kind of knew him, but not well. And then we ended up working with the same producer. Yeah, and that, that was, we worked with the same producer. That's how we knew each other. And then later on, a few years later, I was at this bar because I was going out all the time, you know, getting my flirt on, getting my drink on, trying to mix and mingle. And I saw him at the bar, and I was like, I know you. What are you doing? And this weird guy was trying to, like, flirt with me or talk with me. And so I was like, will you come talk to me and, like, distract this guy away from me? And so we ended up talking. But I thought he was so young because he was, like, three and a half years younger than me. I was like, I mean, when you're 24 and twenty, and he's 21, like, that's a big difference. But I was like, dang, this guy is funny. He makes me feel the way I want to feel. Um, I love talking to him. He's so charming and talented and we ended up making out that night and dating for four years and so that's how we met <laughs> and then we broke up and then we got married obviously um do you want more kids you know i think we would love to have another kid but i don't have any michael and i don't have any pressure on it we'll probably just open it up to see if anything happens here in the next little bit but if we aren't blessed with another child I am so happy with just one and I do not want to put pressure or have anxiety or stress out about having two. So like if we just happen to be blessed with one, that's great. And if not, we are so thankful and happy for Sunny. And if she's the only child we have, that is perfect. So really going to hand this next child over to God. And I don't want to have the same anxious walk that I had to get to Sunny with baby number two, if we're blessed with baby number two. I just want it to be whatever will be, will be. And um, we would be thankful if we were blessed with another child. And if we aren't, we are so thankful 
to have one. So that's how we are kind of moving into baby number two. Um, when did you start giving Sunny finger foods and what does she eat? I started giving Sunny finger foods at six months. I was scared to death to feed her real food because I was freaked out about choking. I just like, like surprising y'all are catching a theme here. I've been scared of just her dying, her hurting herself, all the things. So like every new thing has been very scary for me. So moving into foods was very scary for me. Um, we ended up going to South Carolina in May and staying there for a while. And I stayed with my sister-in-law and brother-in-law with Michael and I did and Sunny and they have five kids. And so I really, that was a blessing for me because she helped me feed Sunny because <laughs> they, they have a daughter who's a little bit older than Sunny. And so like she would help me like break it up into little bites and show me how to feed her and what to feed her. And I'm um, just having the support <laughs> was really great. That's why women and we all need each other to support each other because I know for me, I can't, um, sometimes I just have to be full blown supported by women to move into the next phase with, phase with Sunny because it's just so overwhelming. So I started around six months. Um, and I feed, the main things I feed her now are like avocado, veggie burgers, um, Greek yogurt, and I'll mix it with like peanut butter or because so she doesn't have a peanut butter allergy. So like peanut butter or like pureed vegetables, pureed vegetables. I feed her watermelon, um, macaroni and cheese, peas, carrots that are steamed, um, stuff like that. Um, let's see. New mom here. Did you struggle with postpartum depression? Really hurting over here. I don't know if I had postpartum depression, but I was an emotional mess. I was an emotional mess. I was a weepy mess. Everything. I cried all the time. I could not get a hold of my feelings. I was, yeah, I was probably a little erratic with my feelings. Poor Michael. Like I probably... I probably wasn't totally sane in the head with him, but he was so, he's known me for so long. He has been so gentle with me. Um, I definitely had so many feelings and I think you just got to give yourself grace. It took me probably about six months to really get the hang of this and to really feel good. Like I was like kind of like myself again and to feel like I knew what I was sort of doing with Sunny. And especially as a new mom, like everything's new and you're fully responsible for this baby and your hormones are all over the place. And you're doing so much and sometimes you're just like you want to just scream at your husband even though he's trying the best he can and it's like you just got to give yourself a little bit of grace in that time because it is just like your worlds have been turned upside down so don't worry if you're in the middle of it it is very normal um, just try to make sure that you feel your feelings and give yourself grace for them cry crying helped me a lot and then lean on your girlfriends like lean on another mama friend because you need to have somebody to talk to and someone who can encourage you um, how did you get back to normal activities in life after having a baby? Well, I don't think life is ever normal again after having a baby. It's a new normal. It took me, like I said, like six months to do anything. And we started traveling when she was three months and that like sent me into a freaking tailspin. But now she's 10 months and like we got a rhythm and a routine and she's like a little human and strong and capable. And like, yeah, she still needs full-time mommy watching and daddy watching all the time. But like she is strong and can like communicate her feelings. Like I know with her crying and her laughing and her little chirping and all that. Um, so it's like now we just got into a rhythm, but I think, I think it just takes time. And I think you just got to figure out, I didn't put pressure on myself. Like I didn't leave the house for the first three months. And then I slowly just started adding things back to my plate that I could handle little bite by little bite by little bite. 
I did not dive back into my full life right away. It's been a very slow, slow, slow creep back into life, and it's still not real life. And then COVID hit, of course, and so now we're all living lives that we haven't lived before. So I say just give yourself grace and just add things back to your plate as you feel that you can manage them. Do not rush it. Um, would you like to sing professionally again? You have a beautiful voice. You're so nice. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to sing professionally again. But I am open to singing again in some way if it came across my path. Like if I ended up doing like a show or something and they needed me to sing, like I would totally sing, you know. Or down the road, I'll do like a Broadway stint when I'm in my 60s. You know, something fun. I mean, I'm open to it, but I'm not, no desire to do it. How did you come up with Sonny's name? Michael came up with it. One day he was just saying, um, we were talking about names, and he was like, what about Sonny? I was like, oh, I love Sonny. Sonny is such a great name because I truly believe that your name um, sets the tone for your life. And why not have a name like Sunny? Because, I mean, it just sets the tone for a bright, warm life. And I was like, I love it. Sunny, and then Grayson is named, Sunny Grayson is her name. Grayson is Michael's brother who passed away when he was 15 of a brain, of brain cancer. And Grayson was just one of the greatest guys, Michael said, and one of Michael's um, best friends. And he had the greatest spirit. And so we just wanted to honor Michael's brother. And so Sunny Grayson, that's her little sweet name. And she is so sunny and so happy. Um, okay, I'm going to skip through some of these because I know I've been talking now for a minute. Thank y'all for running in. Uh, okay, so, so y'all said, what inspired you to start a podcast? Like I said, I just really wanted to get into hosting and um, I loved interviewing and hearing people's stories and I just thought, you know what? My friend Wynn told me about starting a podcast, so I just went all in and I didn't know what I was doing and it's been awesome. How do you approach asking guests to speak on your podcast? For me, I'm in such an incredible community of people and amazing people in Nashville. I have so many great friends that my road sort of just leads me to people. So I just, um, wherever I am in my life, when I run across people that I find fascinating, I just ask them. I'll be like, hey, I would love to have you as a guest on the podcast. Are you cool? And that's how it goes, really. Are you cool with coming on? Any advice to newbies who just started a podcast? I'll actually share what I just saw Bobby Bones post about this. And he's like, you need to have your niche. Like you need to know your niche and like your line. Like mine is honest women, honest talk. That is the focus of my podcast. So he was saying like you can't just interview country stars. Like you need to know what is the point of your interviews. Be specific. So be specific about your focus. And I think that's great advice. I mean, I took it. Um, favorite album, A Thousand Horses. Let the band play on. It's coming out soon. But for right now, check out A Song to Remember anywhere you can. It's the best. What helped your anxiety during pregnancy after experiencing a loss? <laughs> I mean, I, I would love to give you a great answer, but nothing. I, until I got pregnant with Sunny, I had so much anxiety and so much makes me cry. Like, it brings up all those feelings. Nothing. I mean, I did lean on God, and I knew God had a reason. But it was devastating and heartbreaking, and can't say I handled it perfectly because I was lost in my feelings. So, um, I don't know. I journaled a lot. I wrote a lot. I prayed a lot. I did yoga and I tried to just know that God had a plan, but I definitely, I definitely struggled with it hardcore. Um, do you struggle with not living in Texas near your family? 
Yes, I do. I love Nashville so much, but I really wish I could hop in the car and drive a few hours and be with my family on a regular basis. It, and I, it was fine when pre COVID because we could hop in the plane and do that. And I would fly to Texas all the time. But now that we can't fly, um, it has been really hard because I love my family so much and I want to spend time with them. And so the fact that like it's so hard to get places right now, that's definitely a struggle, but I love Nashville so much that, you know, it's worth it. Even though I wish, I wish we were closer. Okay. And I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. Well, I'll answer these two questions. Best advice to get two girls in their thirties and still single. I think do not just get married because you want to get married. You have stayed single for a reason because you haven't met someone who is a match and makes you feel like a like you want to spend the rest of your life with. And like being married is amazing, but it is so much. Like it is so much. And you definitely want to be best friends. You want to love with that the way the person thinks, the way they navigate through hard times, the way they fight. Like, how do they fight? Are they nice? Are they mean? Like, you know, it's like you just like being partnered up with someone for your whole life is a huge commitment. So it just takes one. I would say Jesse James Secker taught me this. She said, write your letter to God. Write out what you are looking for, what you are thankful for about your husband and write it in present tense and be like, I'm so thankful that my husband has these traits treats me like this, makes me feel like this, even has a career like this, write out what your dream guy is in a letter to God as if it's already happening, and then watch it manifest. That was the best advice I ever got, and it worked. And so I would just do that. Write your letter to God and manifest it and believe he's out there. Um, okay, last question. Let's see. What is your guiding light as you navigate your path? My guiding light is trust your instincts. I trust my instincts. I trust my heart. It tugs on my heart. I believe that you should lead people better than you found them. I like to see the good in others. I like to see the good in myself. I want the world to be a happy place. And I'll wrap up by saying leave my light. I always ask people to leave their light. Um, we are all here for a reason. We're all meant to be here. We all are born into completely different circumstances. Some are way more um, heartbreaking than others. But every part of our life, each person's life, is perfectly made. And there is a bigger purpose behind it. I believe it. I believe this life is meant to bless us in the long run. Even if we have to endure really hard things, I think that God is good and that all the suffering has a reason and that humanity is ultimately good. We just get lost in our egos. And if we could all just realize that we are all divinely made, we are all children of God and we are all God. I mean, we came from God. So God is in all of us. If we could all see the God spark in everyone, what a better life this would be. So that's what I try to do. I try to look for the God's bark in everyone. And if someone is mean and attacking you and hurtful, just know that hurt people hurt people. And that person is hurt. And so try to give them love instead of hate back. 
I'm a work in progress on that. Sometimes you see stuff happening and you just want to, you can't, you just want to uh, rip into somebody. But like, if you can diffuse it with love. There's probably a broken person underneath all of that who needs love. So if we could all just try to love our neighbor, I think the world would be a better place. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, thank y'all for wanting me to interview myself. I hope I didn't ramble too much and I love you guys. Bye. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.